Oh, yeah. But what did people discuss? Did he touch the key? Did he touch the key? You know what I'm saying? And, and so on and so forth. So, you know, made him feel some type of way about his yeah. piano skills. Fucking Erica Badu's pussy perfume. Oh, yeah, and fucking like, like five minutes or some shit. Yeah, like that's just so crazy. You know, that started up with, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, so yeah, we can get into all that. that um, People would definitely want to hear an opinion on that. You know, that, that, that I think that will get us some traction. Yeah. Okay. You know what well, what's going on, like, in, like, the, maybe the political world? Oh, I can tell you about that. Uh, fucking, you know, Trump got out of that shit, you know. Okay. He, he uh, said it didn't acquit his ass, so... You know, but I can speak on that without like sounding like I'm on anybody's side because I don't want to come from any place. I don't want to shit on Trump and all that. You yeah, know, man. I ain't trying to do that. I say like we keep it for the most part in like all positive lights. Yeah, yeah. Like I ain't, I ain't going to try to shit on nobody's name. But we can you know, say facts though. You know I mean? I'll speak on an opinion about how I feel about something. Yeah. But, you know, it'll be more in a topical way, not a individual yeah. I may speak about how, like say for example, if we, if we, if we mentioned Kanye or some shit, right? You know, I'm not going to be, you know, like shitting on Kanye, but I may speak on what he said or something and what people are saying about it. It may say my opinion on it, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to shit on the man. If, you know what I'm saying? If we talk politics, I don't even really want to mention Trump unless it's necessary because that only brings attention to his name. Right, right. You know? Exactly. And I don't want to bring attention to any political partisan bullshit. I'm not coming from a left or right or anything like that. I, I, I don't have Bernie. You know, I fuck with Bernie too, but even with that said, I'm not going to try to create a slant where people are going to consider him or, you know, I'm not trying to promote him per se. I'm down to I, talk a little bit about, like, uh, socialism and, like, just that idea. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If that, like, if that goes up. No, 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 no. All that. Yeah. Uh, should we just be talking now or what? Uh, I'm recording this. So oh, okay. So go ahead and do the intro. I, I'll do the intro. I think that's how we're going to start every podcast is it's just going to start with y'all talking and then like I'll give y'all a thumbs up. And that sounds intro. good. That, that sounds way, good. That way, you know, I, I can get some of like the thoughts before the podcast. Right, right, right. Which I think That's what's good. up. I'm down with that. And that's how a lot of podcasts start too. It's kind of funny. All right. Yeah. So at uh, Bridging the Gap, right? Bridging the Gap. All right. What's going on, y'all? This is Bridging the Gap with yours truly, Bill Perry, with my man, Scooby the Kid. Yes, that's right. And this is our new podcast, and uh, we're just going to sit here and just be kind of like, you know, you know, spit, spit a little bit of knowledge about this and that, or well, knowledge, you know, we're going to be talking, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and uh, waxing philosophies. Man, chopping it up, giving y'all that game, and it's free for right now, but if y'all want to pay the fee and check out our music, you know what I'm saying, it's always available. Um, Drinking that Budweiser, we need platforms. sponsorships. <laughs> All platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. All platforms, that's say, right. Say each of y'all's names. Uh, yes, uh, I'm Bill Perry. And I'm Scooby the Kid. Two five two. Where can they find you, Bill? Uh, they can find me on. Um, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Bill Perry Jr. They can find me on Instagram. Uh, all lowercase uh, Bill underscore Perry. Uh, they can also find me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com uh, forward slash Bill Perry Jr. Uh, uh, and Bandcamp. And Bandcamp. And Bandcamp. Uh, and I, I believe that's all my social. You know, I don't know if people really mess with LinkedIn. It's more of a business site, but yeah. you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to just build business things. Business shit, yeah, you know. You know. But that's me. So, school, what about you? Thanks. My name is Scooby the Kid. I'm from Greenville, North Carolina. I like the have fun, make good music, and talk my shit. So that's what we about to do on this podcast. You can find me on all platforms at ScoobyTheKid252. 
I release new music every Sunday or content, whatever it is. It's a new piece of content released every Sunday, Scooby Sundays. Check that out, get tuned in. Follow Woodhead TV. Uh, smoke them woods. It's healthy. <laughs> Word. Well, so, man, uh, uh, speaking on the, on the modern hip-hop and stuff, man, this young rapper, uh, what's his name again? Pop Smoke. Man. Yeah. Uh, now, hot. if I... Is this the young man where there was a home invasion? Home invasion, right. 20 years old. Yeah, right. you know, they, they robbed him and stuff like that. Yeah, and he was in L.A. too, in the hills, and he's from New York, which is crazy to me, you know, like, you always hear, like, you hear the boozy interview talking about, you gotta get out of your hometown, people are gonna come for you, and, you know, he's, you know, across the fucking damn yeah. continent, and they still got his ass, like, and, and it's wild, you know, like, you think about Break Row Fresh when he died, you know, like, like, what were these people doing? Like, why were they not protecting themselves if they was moving like that? You know what I mean? Like, talking that talk and... I don't know, man. That shit just really hurts my heart to be 20 years old. I, you know, uh, I didn't know this young man or his career or anything like that, but it's always a tragedy when someone goes out in, in such a fashion. Um, I think that, you know, there, there needs to be... There needs to be, uh, in my opinion, in saying this, of course, but I, I think that you know, there needs to be an understanding of what is reality and what is entertainment. And I, and I say that in terms of like, I think people get caught up in the entertainment side of these artists where they want to test them as it were in real time, you know, see how, if, you know, hard they are, if they're gangster rappers or hard rappers or whatever. What was the other kid, uh, young man that got, you know, he, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He got, you know, robbed and killed and. But, but you, like, you come from a, you know, a different era and like, like to me, that's just, it's not fucking entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like people. No, dying, it's not. You know, and it's, it's sad that like, you know, we live in a society where that is making people money, you know, like, like the, 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 the the talk of it, you know, but the actions that come behind it, you know, are looked at as, like, bad, you know, you speak on, like, the rest scenario where, like, the motherfuckers was talking shit, so they fought, you know, like, but but y'all perpetuate all this, like, violence in your rap music, but then when it comes down to real life, it's, like, a wrong thing, you know, I think we really need to take a look at ourselves and how we communicate with each other, because if it... And we have to have a sense of what is considered, you know, the the criteria of being a particular type of artist. Thanks. You know, when I was coming up, you know, the artists that were running the day and stuff, you know, they didn't come from the hoods and stuff. I mean, Run DMC came from the burbs and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, you didn't have to be affiliated with any gangsterdom or any thuggery in order yeah. to have some sort of legitimate credo to be a rapper. And uh, we are moving away with that with the likes of these modern ilk guys that are not Creating, they're creating their own thing, like Tyler the Creator, as yeah. it were, <laughs> using the word creation there twice. But uh, but he's an example of creating a new identity that is not parlaying to any particular like hard mystique or belonging to any particular you know affiliated with any particular situation that requires him to be more thugged out or more gangster in his yeah. persona or in his in his character, to where it brings a certain type of interest, yeah. if you want to put it that way, from a certain group of people that'll be like, okay, when you in my town, I mean, look what was happening with uh, Rick Ross some years ago, where, you know, like the GD Nation or and this and that and the other was putting hits out on him because he said some stuff, I, I think, or whatever. But they why felt would you blow up the spot like that? Like, if you were, 
you know, in that lifestyle, like with the 6ix9ine case, for example, like, why the fuck would you, like, be all in the fucking videos and all that shit when you still doing shit in the street? And, like, that shit doesn't make sense. You just blew up the spot. Like, you just told on yourself. I mean, you know, it once again, you know, it's, it's all about this, creating this persona that's, like, harder than life, bigger than life kind of thing. And, again, you know, people want to test that in real life like because... How? You know, yeah, I mean, it goes all the way back to my time. You know what I'm saying? And even before my time. I mean, I, I think what it has happened in rap more than any other form of music is it pits artists against each other in a very dangerous yeah. way, in a very violent way. Every other form of music has competitiveness in it. But in rap, these guys feel more compelled to literally erase each other yeah. from the, you know, from existence, from the, from the business, you know, put you in the grave. You know, you're not going to see... You know, uh, Mick Jagger running up to Steven, you know, Tyler talking about, yeah. hey, man, you know, let's meet up or, you know, I'm going to bring some smoke if you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's a competitiveness. Thanks. There is competitiveness, you know what I'm saying? And every other form of music has competitiveness. And sometimes that competitiveness gets ugly in terms of, you know, you have artists that walk away from each other really not liking each other yeah. for whatever reasons, it's you know. Though. And that can, that's understandable. But yet they, they both walk away to live another day to keep continue to create and just being in their own little bubbles they can't be in the same creative spheres but they are allowed to keep going because yes. there is not this over there's not this overly propagated information thrown on you that hey you need to eliminate your enemies by all means necessary you know any means the way it is in rap where these guys are pitted against each other in a way that it's like you know man i want to kill you yeah. it's like wait hold up bro this is a musical thing. Now you kill that stage and you make it to where it's that when that guy, you whoever your competitor is, when he comes out there, he better bring it or he'll get embarrassed that way. Yeah. And you can ruin him, if you will, that way, if that's you know your goal, as it were, which is the old school mystique of rap. Yeah. You know, just kill him on wax, as, as they say. You know, just out-rap him. You know what I'm saying? Point blank. You know, you come up with a clever, you know, better rap than that person, yeah, period. Be, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Not... You know, you done said something so hardcore because, see, what happens is these guys will say things outside of the rap arena that really cut deep yeah. or do things to one another to where it's just like, it's beyond, oh, I'm just going to go in the studio and solve this. It's like, no, nah, this dude just snitched on me, yeah. you know, like in the case of the 6 9 kid, yeah. you know, and there's people out there like, he done snitched on me. Or, you know, somebody that says something very personal about somebody's life that they may not want out there, yeah. you know, says something about something they did in the past or whatever have you, and it, it, it turns into something else. It's like, oh, man, you, this ain't rap competition anymore. Yeah. You know, you just said something about this guy's family or, you know, like, uh, uh, I think, like with the Nick and Eminem thing, for example, I think Nick said something, you know, about Mariah Carey and the whole yeah. nine with all that shit and stuff, you know, and, and I can understand like a good bar, you know, like for example, or like, Eminem, I think like that. with the battle rappers, they always, you know, have the gun bars and like, you know, that can be, you know, it's metaphorical, but when it's just a blatant, like, you know, stab and you were just trying to cut at somebody, you know, it's like, I lose a little bit of respect, you know, for that, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, you could have, you didn't have to do that. You know like, you know, for example, like, you know, uh, in the case of Tupac, for example. Now, he admits in his yeah. own song and, and, and Dear Mama that his mom did crack and stuff. You know, little crack fiend, mama. You still was a black queen, mama. Okay. Now, in a rap battle, you know, 
it would be wrong for the other party to bring that up as a way of cutting that rapper down. Yeah. And this is kind of what's going on now. Now, I know they say you have to have the thicker skin for these rap battles, especially the real rap battle world, yeah. the underground rap, you know, rap battle where it's all like acapella and there's no beat, they're just rapping. But you still have to be careful on where you're trying to take it, the energy that you want back at you. Like, if I'm just coming at you and I just want to prove to you that, man, I'm, I'm hotter than you. Yeah. I'm a better rapper than you. That's all I'm trying to prove. Yeah. I'm not trying to denigrate your character. I'm not trying to even talk about your entourage or your family or your, 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 your loved ones and shit, you know. I'm trying to humiliate you. Now, I may find something funny to say, like you say, you know, in, in the rap battle world, you know, maybe I'll say something about your girlfriend slept with me instead yeah. or something. That's that's all a given. I may even say something about your mom wearing combat boots or some stupid shit. You got to stand that, on what you stand on. But, 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 you know, you stay in a certain lane that it's understood that this is a roasting thing. Yeah, facts. When it steps beyond that roasting and you hear some shit where it's like, you know, like, I'm just going to say something stupid like, you know, you know, that's why your mama died last night. Yeah, it's like, yo! And you've seen rap battles yeah. like that where motherfuckers will say something that's like, Oh, bro! Like you know, and and so now with these famous cats, you know, now say in the case with this young man we were just talking about, you know, this wasn't a rap battle thing or even a beef. This yeah. was just motherfuckers on the street that knew that he had it but and he, they wanted to take it from him. But he talking like in the tracks, like you know, like we're gonna slide, like you know, it's like the, the drills scene is is like filled with murder, like fueled by it almost. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. I ain't gonna lie, I was listening to the music and I was turning up, I was like, man, hell yeah. And then like a couple days later, you know, I just found out about him, he passed away and I'm like, damn, I'm listening to it again and I'm like, man, I might not need to be listening to this. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, and, and not just like, I'm not to talk bad about that man by no means at all, you know what I'm no, saying? No, I know what like, you're trying to get at about what you're saying. It's like, this is what I'm saying, like the energy, yeah. you know, like everyone has the right to express themselves. We know that from a surface cliche place in terms of as Americans. And this is why we allow, even like say, when racists say things, you know, I'm a black man, but I understand that the Ku Klux Klan has the fucking right to say what they have to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I have to relinquish that because just as much as, you know, I mean, I want to hear what they want to say or they want to even want to hear what I want to say. Yeah. We both have to respect that. Hey, as Americans, motherfucker, we both have the right to spew whatever we want to spew. It's like the Malcolm, um, um, Malcolm and Martin. And then you got Malcolm and he like, you know, like they were saying some very mean fucking shit. And like, that's like, you don't win by fucking like combating it with mean shit. Like, like if someone's over here saying some like ill and hateful shit to you and you do it back to Well, them, let me say, putting it in the context of say that particular argument, you know, where Malcolm was coming from was built up. Facts, I agree. I, you know, yeah, I but I understand in terms of context, in terms of say, if you put just to just break down their philosophy. Yes, yes. Malcolm X said, I ain't turning the other fucking cheek. Yeah, exactly. Martin said, I will. And I feel that, though. You know what I'm saying? It. He was coming from the Jesus Gandhi place. Yeah. You know, Malcolm's like, nah, I'm gonna fuck you. And Malcolm's perspective is what gave birth to the, the, the black power movements of, like, the Black Panthers and all those kind of guys I later. Black Panthers, and, and that strength yeah. of, of... Because you have to understand, okay. this was the black man for a long time in America. Yeah. We, we, we couldn't feel like we could pull our chest up and, and, and do that in a place where the white man didn't feel threatened by that. Yeah. Like, you know, when a white man does that, it's he's just, you know, but he's also just letting it be known that I'm a man like any other man. Yeah, I exactly. want to stick my chest out. Exactly. When a black man did that, it was a threat. Yeah. You know, so when Malcolm's philosophy came about for the for the black guy, black man in particular, they felt that. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, you know, there is, you know, we all been wanting to say that, but you know, we, we didn't have the balls. Thank God you had the balls. But see, now here's the, you here's the, like that. that's crazy. I never thought about it like that. Yes. Know? But see, now here's the thing. As much as that's known, there's also a misunderstanding that, you know, what Martin was doing was also ballsy. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you it's know, people. Even more ballsy, exactly. Opinion. It's even more ballsy. Yeah. To sit there and let you slap the fuck out of me, yeah. spray a water hose on me, put Man. me in jail, and all I'm going to do is come back out and just sing some more protest songs. Think about, like, on the you know what I'm of saying? the person, it's like, like if, if I hit you in the face right now and you just eat that bitch, I'm probably going to think twice about hitting you again. You know what I'm saying? Because you just ate that motherfucker. And like and you never know what's going on. Yeah, you never know. Man. But see, it's it's a whole bunch of other levels to that, too, because what they were also more primarily trying to showcase was you don't have to combat, you know, physical violence with physical violence, as it were. You know, you don't have to meet it that way. But and I, like with the Black Panthers, for example, like uh, the police are walking around with guns. It's legal for me to walk around with a gun. So like, like, like... <laughs> Like, you're afraid of that? That's the issue. Not The issue is not me walking around with guns. I'm not trying to kill nobody. Like, you... And more so the guilt trip of, you know, certain white people probably perhaps assuming that, oh, you know, black folks is going to flip. They got guns. They going to remember what we did to them. So exactly. they going to turn around and just shoot us all up. And it wasn't nothing about that. Yeah, facts. Just like, you know, the whole misconception and stuff that, you know, how, how, how are we? Well, okay. Uh, like the misconception, like, you know, I remember like, uh, the Black Panther movement and shit, you know, was being misconstrued as being something, you know, akin to the KKK and shit like that. Because that's, the, the white people that was selling that propaganda, that's the way they feared it. Yeah, they feared it from the same place that they assumed that white folk, uh, black people feared the Klan. Like, they had that fear. That, that's interesting. You know what I'm like, saying? Because think about, it's yeah. like, Black Panthers didn't kill one white person. Yeah. They never threatened one white person. Uh -uh. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, there are video footages of of, of, of of like old school white farmers praising them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, I'm all down with the clan. Like you'd be tripped out seeing some footage like that because of the the connotations of what you hear all the time. And it's like, yeah, but if you, you can jump right on YouTube and you'll see some old like white farmer hugging up fucking Fred right. Hampton and shit yeah. talking about, hey man, the Black Panther Party speak mosh language. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, they didn't like it when I brought it up, so I, I didn't really bring it up much more after this. But like when I was researching the Black Panthers, a lot of what I found they were talking about was capitalism and how fucked up that shit was. Yeah, and like, exactly. uh, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Huey Newton. He said like, uh, until the 98% is equal to the 2% and not just switched around, the world will never be equal, you know? And, and, and the fear aspect of it you know I, I really like tend to not think about that especially like when i think about like white people because like i'm a white person but i don't primarily around black people so i'm never was fearful you know what i'm saying but just like that thought that is fucking crazy yo to like to, to think that they're not moving off of like power as i thought they're moving off fear right. and, and that's crazy bro because yeah. the majority of them are only moving off fear like, that's like, essentially the root of all misunderstandings is, is is a fear factor, and I mean, you know, when you when you, you know, say something, you know, like humans do all the time, we fucking arbitrarily kill bugs all the fucking time. We see a bug, we smash it, spray it, whatever. Don't think about the life behind it. Don't think about its existence because it is so completely removed from our experience, the way we've conditioned ourselves. That it's like, okay, so what? I killed a roach, or even on the highway, you know, you run over an animal. 
nobody for the most part turns back around to see the well-being of that animal. They're, oh, you know, feel a little bump and shit. Oh, damn, I hit an armadillo or whatever the fuck. You hit a human, there's all the, that weight of, you know, you kill someone, you may be going to prison or whatever. But in reality, it's like, like the that bug's life is just as significant as that human's life, but... Like, that bug had fucking family. You know what I'm saying? That bug wanted to live like anything. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Now, not to, you know, not, not to try to put it in some sort of, like, nouveau existentialism bullshit or whatever have you, you know, hugging trees and painting, painting you know. But, but what I'm real. getting at, but it's real. Because, like, you know, uh, to bring it back into the human condition and stuff, you know, like, we, nowadays, we look at experiences on a screen. yeah. And we don't compartmentalize that within ourselves. We don't assimilate that into our being enough to where we, we don't consider the weight of it. Like, people are so quick, like, okay, for example, when, when Kobe died, Thanks. all right, on my thread, now, I got a lot of stuff on my thread because my Facebook page is maxed out, so I see all kind of shit, you mm. know. Uh, so one of the things that popped up was actually somebody I know right around here. I won't mention his name because I ain't trying to put this individual on blast. But this particular individual had posted up a, a meme of a guy who was holding a gas can and and then there was a fire but it was worded like okay the fire was was the people the no, gasoline shit. was the jokes and then he was the guy about to douse the fire and then when he posted up uh this is me trying to uh, avoid saying kobe jokes I'm like, I don't know about no Kobe jokes in that moment right there. That day. Yes. It was that day. Like, I, it was probably, okay, you know, you know, he died, you know, early in the morning and stuff. Within that afternoon, I was already seeing things of that ilk. I saw something else when someone said something similar to that. And I'm just like, that's the place where your mind goes? Yeah. Like, this man, along with a whole bunch of others, died with their families? With holding, They said when they found Kobe's body, he was fucking gripping his daughter, bro. Damn, bro. Burnt up to a crisp. Covering his daughter the fuck up so she wouldn't get so fucked up. But, of course, she died, too. But the yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. like, this is what was really going on. But since you're seeing it on a fucking screen on your fucking phone or on a PC somewhere or a laptop, your humanness don't come out. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not at the crash site witnessing it. You're seeing it on the screen. So you type up, hey, hey, hey. well, I, I can think of so many Kobe jokes now. Well, I'll post this instead. It's like the you know, like, that's where your mind goes. Like... I'm going to post up something about me saying I'm refraining from telling Kobe jokes because I know this is not the moment. But it's like, dude, you didn't have to say that out loud. Like, that's some shit you keep in your head. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? You didn't need to post that for everyone to know, like, are you that depraved? Like, you can't humanize this moment? You know, because the way he was saying it, it, it sounded more like he was probably the kind of guy that say maybe he goes for some other sports team that Kobe ain't on Man. type of thing. But because it's like, you know, what what Kobe jokes would you say? Yeah. Like the, the rape joke or some shit or yeah. something on basketball? Like, none of that plays into this. Your mind shouldn't even be thinking like, that. Like, all right, so I, I seen like a funny meme when Kobe died that I did get a good laugh at. It was like, uh, it was a Jesus crossing Kobe up. That was funny. I feel like I Kobe saw that. Laugh at that. I saw you know that. Okay. I think there's a genuine way to do it. Like, for example, the Dave Chappelle new stand-up comedy. That man was talking about some outlandish shit, but it was funny. Like, I don't care. It was funny. And it was just real. You know what I'm saying? Like, he made a joke about, like, uh, transgender people. And he said, like, wouldn't y'all laugh at me if I thought that I was supposed to have a vagina? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, like, it, like, it, it, like, just the... And see, but, you know, in today's society, they make you, you know, feel uncomfortable. This is the thing that's kind of, I've been finding interesting, right? As much as we're growing as a society, 
for those that are still growing about certain things, like trying to understand things, society is making those people feel more ostracized or, or feel fearful of being truthful. Yeah. And what I mean by that, for example, like what they say, political correctness and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, which Dave Chappelle talks about that kind of yeah. stuff. Like he was talking about like hanging out with racists, nose racists, you know, comedians, but like they have a beer upstairs and all that. He was speaking about that. Yeah. But what I'm kind of getting at here is like, you know, things like that, for example, you know, where as a, you know, you're speaking about your experience, like say you're telling someone like, man, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of someone wanting to change their sex. In yeah. today's society, like when, if you post that online, you're immediately met with transphobic bullshit. Yeah, facts. You're not met with compassion and understanding of yeah. you just trying to understand why a person would want to change their sex. Especially, say, in the case of someone like Caitlyn Jenner who chose their latter years in life, yeah. well in their 50s and 60s and shit, to decide, hey, I want to be a woman. It seemed a little And then society awards them in a way that makes it, makes it, makes an individual fearful of asking questions about it when you see this man being paraded on people magazine as woman of the year over real women over like, real women like that family to me that's offensive to a woman in my opinion and that family is full of a bunch of like very like you know respectable women you know what I'm saying they doing their thing regardless of like how you want to like take them you yeah know yeah saying? as like, far as like you know the, yeah. their personality you know what I'm saying like they you know but see, uh, he, had, he had his own thing, but what I'm getting at more so than anything, not so much to talk about transphobic uh, yeah. stuff, but like in general, just asking questions about things. Like someone that is dealing with their, say, latent racism, and they have a question that they want to ask, you know, a black person or a Spanish person, <coughs> that they genuinely have a, like, uh, uh, interested in or you know like you know some curiosity about like you know do black people really do this and like maybe the question that they're asking if you want to quickly go to the social justice warrior type shit and be like man you should know better to ask me that you know oh, what do you think because I'm black I blah 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 or of course we you know and, and it immediately makes whoever's curious about you know maybe they're just trying to, it's like this is my way of trying to understand more about those things that I don't understand yeah. I may not have the right way of phrasing the question yet, but I'm trying to understand. Like it's a whole group of like like white people in Wisconsin that like you hey, know speak really up. it's a whole group of white people in Wisconsin that don't like hang around black people and listen to rap music and like they wonder if they can say the N word when the song plays. Right, right. And like you know they but they don't want to ask, you know what I'm saying? So instead of ask, they just they like, just, sit and hiding. Right. And then right. now no one is learning and now it's like that. And, or or and then and, 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 exactly. Key thing, no one is learning. Yeah. Because someone is not explaining to them why that is offensive. They know it's not proper to say it, but they don't understand why. Yeah. And like you say, they just become mute and the, the curiosity is overboard. It's like, but they just overly use this word. Why is it so special to them all of a sudden? Why? Uh, it, but see, now how I, how I look at that is, again, the over curiosity of, I hate to say it like this, but white people in this regard. Yeah. Because, you know, not to say other races ain't doing it, because you'll, you'll have two Asians that'll say, what's up, my nigga? Yeah, right. And they're both Asian as fuck. You know, two Mexican Spanish Asian. people. Oh, yeah. What's up, my nigga? <coughs> you know, everybody want to say our racial epitaph, but you won't see two Mexicans say, what's up, really, my... But I'm saying, you they won't see... Know well, it's it's the propaganda, again, yeah. the, the promotion of things. Because of, it's always in rap music and stuff, the rappers that are put out there, and that's what they're saying. And so that's what they're into. 
but you won't like say two. You won't see two Spanish people say "What's up, my spick." Hey, you man. won't see two uh, Japanese people say, "You know, what's up, my you know uh, uh, chink or some right. shit." Uh, whatever. You know, any other racial epitaphs yeah. of other people, they don't refer to white people. What's up, what's up, my honky? What's up, my peck of wood? Thanks, like you that. know what I'm saying. But us, everyone wants to call each other that. You know, it's what Paul Mooney said years ago. Everybody want to be a nigga, but don't want to be a nigga. Thanks. Feel that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey. You want to be a nigga when it's cool and when it's advantageous for you in some like social setting to to like you say sing a song that has it or or act in a manner that you think is whatever that. But you know you don't want to be that when it's time to get alone. You definitely don't want to be black when it's anything to do with all the shit that you hear about in society that happens to black folk. It, I don't want to be a nigga then. You I know think what I'm that saying? like specifically speaking from like a white person's perspective, but any person that's trying to learn about another culture, like you gotta just stand on what you stand on, and like you know what I'm saying, not be afraid to ask questions. Like, but do you think that there's a too far in asking questions? Mm. I mean, I feel like you know that. Like you, like you just gotta be respectful at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, like you know, like you people know when they go too far because I've been around like white people around black people and they don't say the n word, and then when they're not around, they say it, so they fucking know better. But you know like, what I'm saying? Exactly. And knowing that, that it's not proper to say it around them, it's like, well, they know that. Well, it's just like I said a minute ago. It's like, well, they know it's not proper to say it, but, you know, uh, they don't understand the why. Like, they don't understand the pain of why. Like, you know, well, you still being white and saying that, you got to think about the hundreds of years of that being perpetuated by white folks and what it meant at that time. And black folks just found a way to make it a term of endearment. Now, to get to what Hunter was talking about, okay say something super sensitive outside of my own culture like okay i meet a jewish person right and I'm, 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 I'm having a conversation with them and in passing i find out that they're jewish yeah i'm not gonna immediately go was your grandmother in auschwitz yeah, thanks. you know was your mom uh, your grand somebody in your family and, 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 you know and yeah yeah are you a rich jew yeah. you know or you know but even more say in a traumatic sense you know uh like i say asking about like yeah, concentration thanks. camps and shit now if in passing they want, they reveal yeah. that, oh yeah, by chance. Cause matter of fact, oh, my friend girl, Jen. Yeah, damn, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. had family in fucking goddamn the camps over there. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you just never know who's around you. Hell, you sit next to someone who's only a few generations away from slavery. That's, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's always around us, but it's like, as Hunter to said, you know, even if I'm curious about that, I would, I would rather for them to reveal to me and then I learn in the conversation as opposed to asking some uncouth question that I know is going to draw up some shit if I happen to hit a nerve. And, and I think it's like, I've asked you some shit. And it's going to stop. It's about to run out. Oh, uh, okay. That's fine. Never mind. Yeah, it keeps yeah. going. It doesn't stop. It's at a thousand. It's, about, it's not letting me go any further over. No. Hey, you got another one of these? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You want to stop it and start, uh, start it over? Yeah. Hey, but like y'all can edit like whatever this is or whatever, right? Or yeah, we could cut this out and say, you know, just save it, mute it. Wait, hold on, now it's keep it's keep going. Saying, it shouldn't but stop. like it's not letting me slide over anymore. It just don't slide over. It shouldn't stop. Okay. Um, but I can cut all this out. Um, I think we should just keep it in. Uh, we'll get back into the conversation. For example, but, uh, uh, hold on, I got one thing I want you to talk about. Once y'all kind of come to a slow point. Talk about how y'all met. Um, we're at 30 minutes, so get like a plug in your music. Just kind of try to do that every 30 minutes, you know. Word, uh, word, word. Do that real quick. Uh, talk about how y'all met and then background of why y'all started music, you know. 
talk okay. about yourself a little bit because it is the first episode. So. Yeah. Right. Word. So, like, I've asked you, like, in conversation questions, you know, respectfully, and we've had those conversations, and I've never felt the need, like, to to not ask the questions if I had a question, like, with anybody. Now, I'm not going to go up to some random person on the street, you know, it's like right, the time right, and the right, place, right. you know what I'm saying? And, it, like, you know how to be respectful. You have to, yeah, it's like, you know not to, like, laugh at a funeral and, and things of this nature. It's like... And I think that, like, something that, like, as, like, a white person, like, you know, you can't, like, be, like, uh, a bitch, for lack of better words, and be like, oh, I'm white, so I gotta, like, do extra type of shit, because that's not the case either, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, because I see too many, like... People walking on eggshells. Man, it's, and it's corny, too, because they be on some fuck shit, little do they know, and I'm like, really, like... like but they think that they're being respectful man. because they're not putting it out there, man. just because they didn't say, like... Well, no, I'm saying even, like, people that, like, follow certain type movements and are, like... Oh, so one this way, oh, like, like, I hate when like I hear like a white person say like I hate white people, and I, I say it too like jokingly, but like be but really, like, really serious, yeah, 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 like, yeah. like come on now, like yeah. you you've like let like what somebody else done affect your opinion on you, and so now you're like, and I, I say that you know I've been around black people that like treat me a certain type of way because they think that like I might be a certain type of way, but like. All you got to do is just stand on what you stand on and show them, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not that way, they're going to see that and they're going to move accordingly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Most, like, people are genuine, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people might be watching this and, like, have never really had a conversation with a black person outside of, like, a party or work, you know what I'm saying? So, like, might be afraid, like, they are, everybody is, like, just a person. Like, I've never really talked to an Asian person, you know what I'm saying? But they mm -hmm. people just like me, you know what I'm saying? Like, now when I see an Asian person, like, the language barrier and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, that communication part's hard, like, with the little bit I've done, but... And that's if you're speaking to someone that's, like, a transplant, because, you know, yeah. you got Asian Americans that speak and they, yeah. better English in some cases. Like, you know, I mean, you find all ilks of that regard Best. in our nation. Uh, culturally speaking, you know, there's definitely, like, you know, everybody has their pockets and cultures in our society. You know, there's an Asian culture, there's a Spanish culture, black culture, so on and so forth. And like, even like say it in like white culture, as it were, is an amalgamation of things yeah. because you have Italians, you have Irish and so on and so forth. And everybody celebrates their identity differently. Like white but, people just take what they like and then just do that shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a lot of connotations to that. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, but the thing that we have to start, you know, the, the, considering the climate and particularly today. You know, we have to remember that we're all Americans. Exactly. At least that, you know, that's human the, beings. That you know, well, music, human beings at the root of all. But like, as far as our climate in this in this nation right now, yeah, we that we're all forgetting that we're all Americans and everybody's getting caught up in who's Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, and so on and so forth, yeah. and forgetting that you know, hey man, yeah, we're not all gonna agree, but you know, at least we forget we're all a nation, mm -hmm. and we're not all gonna agree all the time, thus, that's why we have the liberties and, and, and such that we have set in place, like, so we're allowed to express ourselves differently. You wear your watch on your left hand, I can wear my watch on my right hand, like, we're not gonna associate because, like, we wear a watch on right, 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 right. Like, it's really, like, you know what I'm saying, like, it might be, like, great scheme of platform, and it might affect lives, but, like, the conversation doesn't have to be no different than, like, Oh, man, you like to do that? Oh, I like to do this. Right, 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 right. Oh, shit, you like to do that because of that? Well, maybe I'm going to try that. Oh, damn, I like to wear my watch like that now. Yeah, or, you know what I'm saying, vice versa. Like, it really could be that fucking And see, easy. and even with that, 
you know, there's subtleties, man. I don't know so much about y'all's generation because it's so much wide open with what y'all are doing and, and expressing yourselves. But like when I was coming up, little things like that was a sign of stuff. A man always wore his watch on his left wrist <coughs> unless he was gay. Ooh, Same that. thing with the earring. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's why I got my left ear pierced because I'm straight. <coughs> and I don't know if that's still a thing now because you got guys piercing this shit all over the place. But back in the day, just little signs like that said a lot. And if you saw a guy with the right pierced ear, he was telling you he was gay without saying anything. You know what I'm saying? If he knew the, if he knew that subtle rule, and most guys did, you know. And that was kind of the stuff that you're not taught like in school or society tells you that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And you learn these kind of ways of navigating your sexuality. But kind of get away from that to talk about what Hunter was saying. He wanted us to get it like when we first met and shit. Plug your music real quick. Oh, oh yeah. Well. I mean, as far as me, you know, my, my current album, uh, Cyber Sex, that's my current album on Bandcamp. Fire. Check it out, you know what I'm saying, under the name Bill Perry. Cop that shit. Cop that shit, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, um, that was a project that's, you know, it's a lot of digital music on there in terms of, you know, the music a lot of people know for me for my organic jazz stuff and leanings and such. But uh, this is more a combination of, you know, digital hip hop beats and such and other kind of electronical whatnots. But I am playing, you know, keyboard here and there and stuff sprinkled here and there. But that's that album and it's a bunch of instrumentals. And then I have a side project uh, called Mr. BM where there's three albums under that name. And I got a, another encapsulating final project to do with that. Uh, Mr. BM also on Bandcamp, which is affiliated with me. Cop that shit. Cop uh, that shit. And for you, Bill, also talk about uh, the tune life and stuff. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. And if you like one of the songs on either the uh, Mr. BM project or the Cybersex project, tag Bill Perry with the song you like on Facebook or Instagram so we can know which video we're going to shoot because we're about to get on the video soon. See, this is why you got to hang out with the cast to know about this uh, cyberspace stuff, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, man, uh, uh, my man Hunter was just reminding me about Tune Life there. Uh, <laughs> so Tune Life, okay. This is a, you know, this is a side project of mine and everything where uh, I created this uh, 3D cartoon thing on Facebook. And uh, you can look it up. Um, I, uh, Tune Life People, I believe, is the URL connect, you know, facebook.com forward slash Tune Life People, as in PPL. Uh, so anyway, I'll take you to the page. But it's three seasons worth of a bunch of shenanigans with a bunch of different cartoon characters I created. Uh, from you know, there's a devil and an angel. There's an alien. There's yeah, time yeah. travel. There's a superhero. This is all kind of crazy stuff. It's it's too much to explain as far as in us in one setting here. But you can go online and check it out. There, I just created an Instagram page where I just kind of post up a lot of memorabilia stuff because the series is over now. I did three seasons and I did one bonus season. But a lot of people that know me for a while, the root of me, even though I'm you know I'm a music guy and everything nowadays. But I initially wanted to be a cartoonist in my early years. Yeah, like I wanted to, <laughs> funny enough, I wanted to work for Marvel when I was real young. I guess a lot of young boys probably imagine that and stuff. But I, I truly wanted to be a cartoonist in my mind. Like, you know, I was looking into things about it and this and that and the other. But I just, I didn't see it all the way through, you know. Would everything. you consider bringing a Toon Life back or another cartoon episode back if... Uh Fans out there could get like a thousand views. Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, I, I definitely would. hundred likes, extra episodes. Oh, oh yeah, if, if you guys showed the love like that, I would definitely be figuring out a way to bring it back. Initially, that's why I did a bonus season because when I wrapped it up, the, the 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 people that are following it, 
there was this outcry and stuff in my DMs about, man, don't end it. It's such a great series. So I, I created a bonus uh, uh, a season that kind of filled in some holes and stuff. And I look back at some episodes like, well, I didn't ever explain that. Mm -hmm. I'll create a little episode to explain that and stuff like that. So I just did a lot of little plug-in episodes for that bonus season. But, yeah, if y'all show some love, I would definitely bring it back. Uh, you uh, as the fans, if y'all like the content that we're doing, the best way to show us that we need to be keep making more of that content is for you to like it, share it, post it, buy it. That helps. It really does. Like, even if you're just the one person that buys it, like, we fucking appreciate that shit. Yo, yes. God, like, you know, uh, if you Especially can... Especially with Apple Music. If you people listen to you on Apple Music and they really, really enjoy it, they need to buy it and not stream it. Facts. And if you buy it and you tag me on Instagram, I will shout you out in these podcasts. Like, I will make sure you get the... Maybe give you a merch with us. Maybe Yay. give you a merch with us. You're lucky, you know? Like, with the more y'all help me out and show love to this content that I know is great and that I love and that I'm sure Bill knows is great and that he loves, mm -hmm. the more that we can do. And we're doing it for y'all, you know what I'm saying? As exactly. Much as we're doing it for ourselves. Yeah, oh man, we couldn't have said it no better, man. I mean, all this that we do, you know, uh, I think any entertainer, entertainer would agree that, you know, we do this for people. You know, we, of course, we do it for ourselves, you know, and stuff. You know, we feel this need, this compulsion to express ourselves. But ultimately, you know, you out there being receptive to what we do obviously inspires the hell of out, out of us to, to continue forth and, 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 and keeping it going. That tune life thing, for example, there were many moments where I felt like, you know, nobody ain't really digging this. And then I'd get a message or two from somebody out there, you know, hey, man, that last episode was great. Yeah. Oh, OK. Somebody in a white material way. Oh, somebody else liked it. <laughs> I created another one. OK. You know, but it's the same thing with music. You know, I mean, I, I put out a lot of material over the years, and there were a lot of times where I didn't get bites on things, you know. And I'm, I'm joking about the tear. I truly don't cry. But there, there is this, you know, everything that we create as artists is our babies. And, you know, even if you have the one kid whose eyes is a little bit maybe, whoa, you know, and everybody looks at that one kid like, all your kids are pretty. But see, I, like, <laughs> that one kid with the like, cross eye. <laughs> I got an ugly ass baby. Like I hope they. I hope that when people come around and make a joke about me having an ugly ass mm -hmm. baby, don't lie to my face. You know what I'm saying? Like I was rapping out, <laughs> get on there and be like, yo, this music fucking sucks. Like you know what I'm saying? You was out but, of here, this, that, but that. You that, know, school that they ain't gonna do that, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, like that's the conversation that I want to be involved in, like my community and my culture that I'm building. You know what I'm saying? Tell me how you feel, like really feel. Yeah, y'all hear that. So he's he's telling y'all, let them know how you feel. Because also, you know, people have to be, you know, at least I, I say this, but I, when I, I'm saying this as an artist, it may sound like it's a biased slant, but, you know, people can be really cruel. You mm -hmm. know, you know, like you, especially, you know, if you open up Pandora's box about constructive criticism, you know, what do you think or how do you feel? Lord have mercy. When yeah. you put yourself at the mercy of the net yeah. and you just got people that just want to truly troll you and be assholes and just want to say some shit that's not even constructive. Yeah. It's like, you know, so please don't be that person. You know, if you truly have something constructive to say that you think, well, if you did this, maybe, you know, your product would be better or whatever. We truly appreciate those kinds of realistic Constructive criticisms, as it were, but tell me on on my page. Go ahead and tell me like, "Fuck you, you suck," because that helps my algorithm. I'm gonna tell you one love, have a nice day. I know you take my uh, shit, and you took the time. And to as much as so I say, like it. and you know, as much as I'm saying this more realistically, what Scooby said is what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm just more or less telling you, like, I guess the reaction of us on the other side. But I know y'all are gonna do what you're gonna do yeah. out there, regardless of what I say. Be respectful, but. 
you know, you will get you will get a more realistic response from us if you're truly trying to be, you know, like in your criticism, you're trying to truly be constructive, you know, and you're really trying to help us to build our craft, as it were, if that's what you feel you're doing when you're saying something about it in that right. regard, then just, yeah, be realistic about it. Just don't simply troll us and be like, you suck. Let me know why I suck. Right. Well, you suck because, you know, the way, you know, your chord selections or your beats are or something to give me an idea why you think I suck and maybe I'll truly consider it. Like Scoob to say, hey, you can be like, you know, hey, you suck, fuck you, whatever. There's no context to that, you know. And even if you bring context, don't let it just be some trolling shit. You and know? I feel sorry for whatever you're going through that's like making you do that shit on people's Instagram posts, bro. You just really wasted your time out of your day. So, it's been two months into 2020. Go ahead and talk about what you've done in 2020 so far. Real quick, because, you know. That's a good one. That, um... I'm gonna, as I'm doing that, segue into like how me and Bill met, you know what I'm saying? Oh, work, 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 work. So like me and Bill met, uh, shout out Silas Reed, he down invited me to come with him to a show at a hurricane relief benefit at the Marriott? Was it the Marriott? Yeah. Yeah, um, hosted by Fox Trot, I believe. And a bunch of people in fucking suits and yeah, it was a it was a a charity and stuff yeah. because they had it you know it was on um, uh, the campus television station and all that facts 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 and you know, we was in there rapping Bill was in there playing the keys Silas was in there we had the Bobby Brown mic and performed you know like for real for real so that you know that was a blessing but I met this man Bill and I seen him playing the fucking keys and I was like I never seen somebody like play so fucking passionately you know what I mean like. That shit was just, like, important to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, you hear it and you see it, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, this motherfucker, we went outside and we started freestyling. He beatbox, but he don't tell me that he done opened up for Snoop Dogg and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 and then he come through one day and start rapping. I'm like, damn, motherfucker, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, word, word. Yeah. But, yeah, so Bill, he a, he a man of, like, many facets. I'm blessed that met him on that day. Man opened up for Ghostface, too, as well. Yeah, word, yeah, word. Shit. Morgan Freeman fucked with this man. You know? But, see, you know, the thing about me now, I, you know, I'm going to throw the love back in school because I was just as impressed with him. Because, like, fucking Scoob and shit, uh, you know, we jump in the car, like you say, you know, but, you know, we uh, he pulled up one of his videos and stuff. And I was completely impressed by the presentation, his lyrical content, the music, you know, the whole nine and everything. You know, he had the whole package. And one of the intriguing things, not you know, I could feel it from the first night, you know, but more so as time started passing. But I'm like, you know, this dude has it. You know, that thing that, you know, when you see people who just have a spark regardless of whatever, you know, it's just it's a spark, you know, that thing they call it. Yeah. I felt that you had that quality because, you know, you you had immersed yourself in this identity of yourself. You know, yeah, you, re you, you know, you had realized what it was that you were trying to sell about yourself. You know, and of course, you're still refining yourself and whatnot. But, you know, definitively, you know how you want to present yourself because sometimes people, you know, don't have themselves molded to that fashion mm -hmm. to where it's just like this is the type of artist that I am I mean I can even say that about myself for that matter but I'm content with the way I've presented myself but getting more so back to the way I like your presentation was like you had this certain identity about your hip-hop thing and you had already you know you had already had a history of presenting it that way mm -hmm. and for me that harkened back to my early years and my early hip-hop roots and stuff in terms of you know guys that were you know uh, the DIY do-it-yourself vibe you know, yeah. not waiting for contracts or waiting for someone to do things, you know, that they could do for themselves, like putting a product out, making a video. And in this day and age, 
You know, I look at you as the modern version of the modern rapper that utilizes all these platforms and apps that are out here in order to get your thing on and not have to sit around and wait for some record contract or something, somebody to discover you. Like, I really live this fucking, like, the, like the rapper fucking lifestyle that everybody fucking talks about, really lit shit, really did it. If I talked about it, like, in person, on the track, really fucking did that shit, you know what I'm saying? And this man like, was living in his studio, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, school. Matter of fact, you were living in your studio when we did the Rockstar video. Yeah, you know, this man was living in his studio, y'all, and I can attest to this, and so can a lot of other people in his circle. And... Again, that was very attractive for, for, to me as an artist because, you know, it, like I say, it harkened back to when I was your age at that time, you know, in my life where, you know, I was kind of a central figure, you know, making music for a lot of people. And so they came around me and we all had things in common with what was going on and such. But, you know, I was kind of like this link, as it were. And I saw that in you. You know, I saw this bubble in this universe around you. As we talked about earlier, the Scooby-verse. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And you know, the Scooby-verse was in, in full throttle. And it was genuine because... You, you were, you're being you and you're not offering nothing but you to the table. Thanks. And the fact that that was enough to create the, the universe that you have, I'm like, yeah, this kid has it. That's what it is. You know, you navigate to that, that, that flame, like, you know, there's the moth to a flame as it were. That's you know why I'd be putting it like that, bro. Cause like, I never like being in the moment, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, never really like thought about it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like. It took like my girl telling me that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got all these fucking people around you, you know what I'm saying? Like, who most of the time don't communicate unless they're like around you. Well, your, your boys are not gonna tell you that. Nobody, as we all know, man, our homies don't prop us up like that. And that's kind of why we like our homies because they keep that you know, yeah, sense of humility yeah, about yeah, ourselves. Exactly. You need that humbleness. But you know, the importance of one in their circle, it, you know, Tragically, it usually takes something really bad, you know, death being the biggest consequence, but something usually has to occur where everybody, everybody admits, like, oh, man, that man was so this yeah. and he was so that. You know, man, Scooby, if you died tomorrow, it'd be a lot of hurt motherfuckers. Yeah, and I don't mean just because of the natural sense of, of course, people would be hurt because you're dead, but I'm saying, like, I've seen how you moved people, how it just fuck up. Like, your circle would die. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? In my personal opinion, I ain't trying to say nothing about y'all out there, you know. I, you know, they all got their own little lives and worlds, yeah. but I see you being such a central figure. Because, like, right now, they're all doing their own thing right now, yeah. all them guys. You see, I'm, I'm purposely not saying these guys' names because I ain't trying to, you know, make them seem like they're any less than you or anything. No, no, it's not but it's, 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 a, it's a character uh, uh, a trait, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, even the people that were around me when I was like that, I was not greater than anyone. No. It was just this energy of, of letting everybody feel like you can talk to me, too. Like, I, I don't create any kind of energy where... I, only certain types of people feel like they can vibe with me, yeah, but if I talk about a certain thing, I won't be able to vibe with Bill. I've always been the kind of person like, hey man, no matter whatever you want to talk about, yeah. let's talk about it. You know, if I can, if I can put some sense around it, I'll add my little two cents. But you know, I'm open like that, and so therefore, it, it seems to help in my favor in terms of like attracting people to want to continue to be around me or whatever. And, and I think you know, like you know, being around like good people because I've been in around like a lot of circles, uh, but. It's, if you know me, like, I'm around the same motherfuckers. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? I don't be around oh, them, yeah. like... That's me, too. Yeah, you know? You know, I know a lot of people on this scene. Uh, there's definitely way more people that know my name than I know theirs. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's crazy, like, when you... Uh, 
and it, it's like it's a give and a take. You know what I'm saying? I seen Snoop Dogg say this shit the other day, and I'm like, hell yeah, because I love it when like boss ass motherfuckers get on there talking boss shit, and it's just real, cause it's like. No, no one really want to hear that shit. Everybody want just like, oh, I'm just going to give to you. But that's not really how the fucking world works. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. it's just keeping it, like, real. You know, it's always a give and take with energy or whatever the case may be. Um, but, like, people believe in me as much as I believe in myself. Because I believe in myself. Like, I'm fucking, like, I know what the fuck I'm about to do. Like you said, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, that's why I release a fucking new piece of content every Sunday, Scooby Sundays. Like, I make that much music, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm confident in all that shit. I stand on every fucking thing that I say, everything that I do. And, like, it's it's people around me that, like, don't move like that. I'm a, I'm, I'm me, you know what I'm saying? Like, Ferris, uh, ill-ass producer, you know what I'm saying? He makes music differently than I make music, you know what I'm saying? But we make music together, and it, like, meshes, and it's cool. Right. And it's like a fucking competition. He gonna be like, bro, that be trash. Or that rhyme is trash. And I'm be like, that be trash. And that rhyme is trash. But it's not no hateful shit. It's just like, yo, let's just get better collectively. We all play our role. You know what I'm saying? Because, like... That's kind of back to what y'all were talking about earlier with the rap battles and stuff. Right, right, right. Right. And and I think that, like, people need to learn to be, like, role players. Everybody can't be the star. On God, if someone were to come around right now and, like, I was like, damn, bro, he got it. You know what I'm saying? Like... I would be like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll move a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. There are those, you know, as artists, man, you know, we're, we're finicky creatures, man. So, you know, there are those moments where something will happen in your career where, and, and, and in a lot of cases, it's more tra- traumatic, as it were, in terms of like, okay, you're, you're in a group of people, you are all growing creatively together. Thanks. But then all of a sudden you wake up one day and one of the people in the crew just all of a sudden they're blossoming in a way you're just like, holy fuck, right? You know, and uh, I personally will admit that like, you know, there is this competition there. You know, like back in the day, like, you know, with the rap thing, you know, one of my boys called me up and talked about he wrote a new rhyme and then we all hook up and then his rhyme is deadly. Now we're all giving props, but inside I'm like, yeah, I gotta go back home and I gotta write some shit. But that's, it's, that's but that's, it's, it's Exactly. Yeah. Because, see, had he not presented that, then now I'm not fueled to want to write whatever deadly rhyme I'm thinking about rhyming, you know, yeah. to, to try to upstage that. But that's creative. You know, that's healthy creativity. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's inspired me to, to pull more out of myself because I'm seeing, like, oh, somebody's about to creep a little past my level. So, you know, make sure he don't creep past my level. I need to keep my shit, you know, at a certain place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, for, like, someone, like, I'm the type of person that, like, like, I'm, I'm built off, like, a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you study the fucking game, like, no one did the shit by themselves. No. Everybody had a team. And, like, you know, like, by understanding that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always willing to, like, help people that are, like, around me to help me. You know what I'm saying? Any way I can. So if someone gets an opportunity or comes with like a better verse, like, like it's that like, oh damn, you know what I'm saying? I need to work harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like shit, I know like, oh he gonna go here, but he gonna come back and give me that game because like you know what I'm saying? That's how yeah, we move. Yeah, see that there's the trick, right? Not letting it turn into something that's unhealthy for you because yeah. it's like, you know, the same person that you know you may start building some unhealthy. Uh, MB4 could be the vehicle to help you exactly. in you terms, be- you know, either asking the person or studying them if there's somebody that's uh, far from you from a distance or somebody in your immediate circle, uh, learning more from, you know, observing them, 
for example. And not letting yourself get caught up in the fact that you think the artist is better. I actually, uh, you know, uh, you know, talking about my man Silas. You know, I remember me and Silas had a conversation. He had admitted to me and stuff. And you can see, you know, if, if I was bullshit, you see I'm getting this recorded so yeah, he could yeah. call me on it. Yeah. But I think, you know, he wouldn't call me on this because this is true. And uh, But he told me in passing one time, I think we was all hanging out when he said this. But he said to he has said this to me a couple of times, but he was like, you know, my piano stuff, you know, made him feel some type of way about yeah. his piano skills. But like I just said, he turned that into a healthy thing. Yeah. What he did was just study up on me. And he's just like, well, this level that I'm trying to get at that I feel bills at, and I want to get up to that level, he studied up what I was doing, and he studied up what was going on out there and got his chops up. Yeah. You know, instead of just sitting around letting himself get hinkered in that, when he when I'm performing, he's paying attention to my finger work or on his own time, he's doing his own thing, and he's upping himself. But he used me as a bar, or at least me and whoever else he had in mind as a bar to aspire to, and he didn't turn it into an unhealthy thing that when I came around him, it wasn't like, oh, here's this motherfucker that could play piano better it's than me or whatever, you know? Really, at the end of the day, because it's like you have, you know, you've got two choices of what you can do. You can either, like, take take the information and you can use it for good or bad. You know, for example, uh, I'll use, like, Ferris as an example. Uh, he uh, went to this, like, artist development thing, you know what I'm saying? When, it, when he said it, I was like, damn, that's a crazy opportunity, you know what I'm saying? I could have been like, oh, man, fuck you, bro, bro. Like, I ain't even gonna talk to you no more. You doing big things, you ain't even gonna yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, but instead, I was like, man, hell yeah, like, man, I'm gonna go write a rap right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is inspiring, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, we doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, you know, like, built a, a relationship, like, time management, like, you know, may, maybe that rap was the fucking rap that was like, oh shit, that's what, you know what I'm saying, got me. But if I fucking then wasted my time, then I would've never wrote that. Man, you know, it's funny being, you know, creative people, like, I remember I read this one time, talking about like you know reconverting energy and stuff i read this thing about a miles davis performance and it's actually a famous recording uh my favorite things uh one of his recordings back in the 60s that's not his song but you know he re-recorded a standard you know, along with a whole bunch of other songs in a rate <laughs> i read about the history of this particular recording it's him a young herbie hancock on piano this guy named tony williams on drums wayne shorter on sax uh ron carter on bass Huh? Miles? Miles is a trumpet player. Yeah. And, uh, hey. Yeah, yeah. You want to put this on pause right quick? Yeah. yeah. I'll keep the people going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, like, why are you doing my damn keys? Uh, oh, no, I got it. I got it. But don't you hate right. that shit where you, like, lose something yeah. in your pocket? Like, it's always the motherfucking worst. Like, I always lose my phone or, like, my jewel in this pocket right here, especially when I'm in the car. Like one time, uh, one time we was uh, driving, uh, we was going to grandma's and we had to pull up in that fucking Dollar General. Yeah, it, it was in his fucking pocket yeah. and he turned around. Man, it might have been in this shirt pocket, you know, I got, you know, I'm about to sell out the garden work, you know what I'm saying? I gotta check that shit out. It's not really available anywhere, but if you holler at me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, or if you just get at me, you know what I'm saying, I can get you one, you know what I'm saying, for the right ticket. Uh, and like I said earlier, you know what I'm saying, a little bit, everything that you give me, whether that's a like, whether that's a share, whether that's a dollar, whether that's a hug, whether that's a comment or orange or an apple or a glass of water, uh, you know, I'm taking that and I'm creating with it, you know. So if you follow this journey, 
I just hope you support me in the right ways and whatever you can. Uh, I ain't asking for shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do this shit regardless, you know? But I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What's up? Go ahead and talk about kind of like your 2020 idea, like lead, like from January 1st with 10,000 hours to what eventually will be I Believe I Can Fly. You know, you don't, don't give too much away about I Believe I Can Fly. We haven't talked about it while Bill is doing it. So basically, I'm creating this Scooby-verse where I have the ability to create musically, visually, about it, uh, yeah, musically and physically, maybe like touchingly, what the fuck, whatever the fuck that would be, I don't know, comment, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say in the comments, um, so it started with 10,000 hours released, uh, January 5th, first Sunday in 2020, and I released a new single every Sunday following, I have, uh, a new EP, called Dope, featuring a song called Hot Cheetos. Ooh, and that's coming out March 1st. That's a Sunday as well. Everything's coming out on Sundays. Uh, after that, it'll be some singles until the first Sunday in May with the tape called Kia's Portage. And uh, those are all like conceptual albums that you'll find out a little bit more about. Talk about the video. Uh, oh. Well, I can talk about 10,000 Hours. 10,000 Hours is like you know when you like you in the room and you start to like hallucinate because you've been in the room for like two or three days and you haven't hardly slept and you're just trying to like figure it all out but you what know you done put in that work and it's like damn i'm like so tired but that shit i just wrote was a hit and like then you wake up the next day and it's like beautiful that's like ten thousand hours uh and that's like you know what I'm saying it's like the ugly naked fucking truth of like you know what I'm saying what you go through you know what i'm saying not to say that like you if you're an artist you have to go through that you know what I'm saying? That was just me, what I did. Uh, then Dope is, it's really like, like even if the first episode is just audio, you know what I'm saying, with some video. Word, perfect. word. But, uh, you know, I, like these things that I'm passionate about, but he was like, like, who's to say that you can't make music and still do those types of things, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Though I've been one, like, you know, he's known me, like, I, I put that shit in my music. I talk about the real shit, and I've always, like, you know, more than entertainment, that's what I do it for. Like, I, I want to be that guy that's, like, helping people. I want to, like, you know, music's helped me tremendously. So, like, you know what I'm saying? If I can just get back in that way, of course I want to turn up, bro. And I love, you know, I love that shit, too. But I always say that I want to have that one bar in that turn song where, like, the guy that's broken the club and then pays rent, like, he's going to leave. Because, like, he know he's not supposed to be in the club right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he may get to thinking about his life because of something yeah. that he heard. And I mean, you know, there's a balance of both of those kind of things, right? You know, I mean, you definitely want to entertain, uh, again, being, you know, what a lot of us get into this for, but, you know, uh, to be more profound, as it were, you know, be it in your lyrics or, or the way that you, uh, uh, your activities in the community with your art, like I was saying about like raising monies and the like. Doing the show for like we was talking about in the group chat. Uh, yeah, raising monies and shit for the the, the uh, no, it was for a drug addiction, addiction. addiction. Drug addiction. I still think we should do. That. Well, it's still yeah. something we can do. You yeah. know, it's just not something that you know we've shelved. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was something that was inspired by Wavy. Yeah, because you know Wavy was speaking about his friend, and uh, then we got the all harping about, hey, why don't we do something? And remember, we were all coming up with great ideas. I think Lacardi <laughs> said something about the maybe <coughs> you about the, the shelter. 
uh, and so on and so on. But we all just got the name drop at various avenues of people we can go through because I think Ferris or Lacardi, maybe it was Lacardi rather, that had put emphasis on the fact that like one of these organizations wouldn't like the fact that we smoke weed. We may not want to consider them. And I'm like, it ain't like we got to go and tell them that, you know, and so on and so on. But the whole idea being having that discussion, regardless of where it's going in terms of how we develop it, but having the discussion that, hey, uh, there's something going on in our community that we could utilize our artistic uh, uh, prowess to make something, you know, put, to bring awareness to it. As like artists who have like passed away recently, Mac Miller, Juice World, Lil Peep, you know, Fredo Santana, like all Mac from, Miller, Mac, yeah, Mac Miller, fucking all from these like this disease, you know, that like shit. I'm gonna keep it buck, you know what I'm saying? Like I've done the good amount of drugs off Matt Miller's recommendation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just being fucking honest. Word. And like, but, but to like, you know what I'm saying? Like be able to like on the flip side, come out of, that, out of that stronger and do something for the benefit being fucking artist. And like, we got our artists dying from that shit. It only makes sense, bro. You know, so that's real. Like, and like, I mean, you know, and it, it, it's a, it's a thing about responsibility in terms of like, you know, a lot of artists, you know, uh, from what I gather sometimes, I look at, you know, certain feeds of certain artists, I'm not going to name drop anybody in particular, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but, you know, certain artists like to, you know, brag, as it were, about the fact that they don't consider themselves role models. They don't consider that, you know, they have to conduct themselves in a way that they're, you know, have to be mindful of, you know, how people take them in, especially the youth in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not so much about other adults as it is the impression you make on the youth. And due to the fact that rap music is the language of the youth, you know, it's just like, well, you in particular, you know, as an artist, ha- you, you you know, if you like it or not, you are a role model. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people are fashioning themselves after the way you are. They're trying to talk or dress the way you are, you know, especially kids in particular, you know. Even uh, if they wasn't a rapper and they were the fucking grocery clerk at fucking Food Line, when the motherfucking kids walked in there and seen how they was acting, like... These kids are fucking watching and paying attention. And I might cuss and I might drink. Like, but in my opinion, like, cussing and moderately drinking is okay. Especially the cussing. Like, I'm really not. That shit's just like. But again, you know, I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, and that, that, you know, human nature, one thing, you know, aside and stuff, but, you know, more so to do with if you're on your records talking about living a wild, frivolous lifestyle with drugs and alcohol and the like. And uh, and then, you know, as a consequence, you know, you end up dying because of that, you know, mm-hmm. subsequently dying of an overdose or something. Uh, the youth, people that take that stuff in sometimes think that that is adventurous. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I remember back in the 90s, for example, when Kurt Cobain killed himself. All right. Now, you know, it was all kind of things caught up in, in the stories about it, him being, you know, a heroin addict and his depression and so on and so forth. But ultimately, you know, he kills himself, shoots himself in the head or whatever and everything. But then Rolling Stone magazine, if I'm not mistaken, turns around and puts him on the cover of their magazine as Artist of the Decade. Now, mind you, he killed himself in the middle 90s. The 90s wasn't even done yet. He killed himself before Tupac. And they had already crowned him the Artist of the Decade after he does some fuck shit like that. What does that tell the youth? Oh, it's cool to kill yourself. Yeah. You know, it's cool as he put it in his in his uh in the letter they found or whatever his uh, suicide note. You know, it's better to burn out than fade away. 
you know, and, and people thinking that that's the cool thing. Like, yeah, yeah fuck dying young. I mean, uh, old man, I, shit, go out young. Mm. Seriously? Yeah, shit, whack, yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I used to and, not give a fuck, but like, I like. And it's way more cooler to be a grandparent, bro. Than, fast, bro. Like Bob Dylan, the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like Willie Nelson. Like these people that are like still alive. Like that's what I'm striving for. You know what I'm saying? Like. I used to look up to a lot of dead people, you know what I'm saying? And shout out Silas, he put me on game. He's like, bro, you gotta stop that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like in a real respectful way, you know what I'm saying? Like, but just like. In terms of like, like transgressions, man, yeah, you know, following like, people that took unhealthy paths. Facts. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, where in life, a lot of people will be living an unhealthy lifestyle that they're sensationalizing because of the monies and the, and the pizzazz all around them. It seems like. And then you, you listen, you, know you go back and listen to the music, bro. Like, like Matt Miller got a line. He said to the people that sell me drugs, don't mix it with that. Don't mix it with the bullshit. I'm hoping not to join the 27 Club. You got a 26, uh, mixing cocaine and fentanyl. You got like a line said. I hope I don't OD, and all my friends got to go talk to my mother. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Uh, and like, it happens. And and uh, and that's what I think. You know, what I'm saying there's a it's a rock and roll song. I can't remember what it's called, but like the the hook is like. Be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. And that's some real fucking shit, bro, because, like... Well, it's like Jimi Hendrix, for example, you know, at least from what I hear, because he came before my time, but, you know, the shit that came out about him and stuff, uh, he kind of had somewhat of a death wish, as it were, in terms of uh, not really... I wouldn't, he didn't, he didn't want to kill himself, but, you know, he just was not getting joy out of the, out of the business anymore. He was just... You know, the last concert that he played, you know, there's footage of it. I got this documentary on him, and the very last performance he did, he just throws his fucking guitar on the ground. Yeah. And you can tell the way he just kind of let it go, because he didn't throw it on the ground. He just kind of went, and he walks off. That was Jimi Hendrix's last performance on this planet with him throwing his guitar. Could you imagine your last mic, perf uh, your rap performance on this planet was you just fucking dropping your mic? I couldn't even fathom. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, mind you, he didn't know that was going to be his last performance, yeah. but you never know what last... You know, my last performance could have been Thacker Mountain last week and I could have got my ass killed some kind yeah. of way. You know, and that would have been my last performance on this planet. And luckily enough, I brought energy to that yeah. motherfucking performance. So it's like, that would have been a great way to leave if that would have been the case. But see, this is what I'm getting at. You know, like, he was so fucking caught up. And Jimmy, the way he died, bro, he was so fucked up that when they got him, he died overseas and shit in London, man. He was supposed to be flying back over here, and he was going to work with Miles Davis when he came back. Imagine the music they would have made. So, but he ended up getting John McLaughlin, who's a famous fucking jazz uh, rock guitarist. But at any rate, uh, Jimmy was so fucked up, man, like, you know, with the drugs and whatnot, you know, in the, in the ambulance, he choked off his own vomit. That's how he died. He was so fucked up. He couldn't lift his head and throw up. That's wild, bro. Just. I'm going to keep And then you think about that, right? And it's like, and, and, and everyone loves Jimmy, you know, greatest rock guitarist, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, that part, man, you know, you have to, you have to consider like, you know, just or even leading up to it. The whole lifestyle, and I know he came from that time where he, you know, that was the generation. It wasn't just him, like everybody was fucking getting down. But what they all started to realize, a lot of that 27 shit was happening to their generation first. Mm -hmm. You know, here come Janis Joplin dying at 27. You know, Jim Morrison dying at 27. 
you know, my generation's first experience with the 27 Club was Kurt Cobain. Mm -hmm. You know, when Kurt went, then our generation was like, oh shit, this 27 mm -hmm. Club shit's mm -hmm. real. And then, but then Tupac and them died way before that. Tupac yes. was like 24, dude. But a lot of the you know rappers be dying so dumb, man. Yeah, because it, again, getting back to the what we spoke of earlier, the image and propaganda of the lifestyle and rap, everything is a lot more amped up in terms of like, you know, rock stars, they're doing the drugs and they're fucking bitches and this and that and, that and the other. They're even singing it in some of their songs. But it's not at this level where it's only a danger to them in overindulgence. Yes. If they do too much drugs, they'll die. If they fuck too many bitches, they'll get an STD or something like that. But that's their danger. Yeah. With rappers, they're in danger of fucking each other up as well as all those other things. It's like, it ain't just only those things, which are a lot, but then they have to worry about each other too. Mm -hmm. You know, I do a certain concert and a motherfucker I've been having beef with for years on the same roster. Mm -hmm. Now both of our camps, you know, they have to fucking plot out how we're going to come in. Like back in the old Source Award days. Mm -hmm. Y'all generation didn't really experience that, but yeah, you've seen the video footage. Yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers literally fucking scrapping. And that's what people was afraid of what a rap award show would be they like. They want rappers in fucking Las Vegas because they like... But that was what everyone was afraid of and they fucking... They they, yeah, held up to the bullshit yeah. stereotype hype mm -hmm. and did exactly what everyone was afraid a rap award show would be like. Yeah. And there these motherfuckers meeting up. I'm like, you motherfuckers make music and you want to beat each other up and shoot each other? Yeah, it's something Like, y'all go and you make records. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, for those that are gang banging and that's what they are doing, it's like, well, they're banging. Yeah. That's their shit. Yeah. They ain't going in no studio talking about, I want to kill this yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> they do it. Yeah, they you know, know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. fucking, and they parade yeah. themselves around on paparazzi shit. Yeah. You know, no, they do it. Yeah. So for the rappers, you know, it's just like, man, y'all, come on. Y'all know what time it is. A lot of you motherfuckers really came out of that shit. Yeah. Some of these rappers really did come out of it. Thanks. You know, for the, some of them that be flossing and you kind of wonder if they did. But then the, those that really did, like, actually 6 9 did. Yeah, Even though his whole shit's all fucked up. But it's like, yeah, but he did come from that shit. Yeah. You know, his brother was in it. And that's why he was all back and forth with the Crip and Blood shit. Because, you know... I think, like, his brother was a blood or a crip, and then he became the opposite or whatever the fuck. But the whole point being, like... You were tied in. Motherfucker, you make music. Yeah, and why... You, you make music. Like, why choose music? Like, be a gangster. Well, gangster Just only do gang-banging shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, why even pretend, like, you want to entertain people in a club, and then when you're done that night... You want to go rob a motherfucker. You want to go shoot up a motherfucker. Or you want to bang with some crews and the, shit. The gangster shit is what got him popular because, like, you know what I'm saying? The ones that's out there spending money in the club are the gangsters. Well, in his case, I yeah, I, I've heard about his story and they kind of put him on. I, and a lot of rappers get put on by gangs. This ain't nothing to do with the, the that thing. Yeah. I'm talking about the rappers and themselves creating a vibe around them that's and it. an energy. Like, they got pistols in the studio. You know what I'm saying? It's just like... Well, I mean, consider this, man. Again, with all the other forms of music, with the competitiveness, it's not to this ilk. You know, uh, goddammit, uh, two classical pianists or something that are competitors in the field are never, ever going to have to worry about their competitors showing up at a concert at Carnegie Hall or the Lincoln Center yeah. and a motherfucker got a gun in the back because he may fuck around and show me up tonight on that piano. I got something for his ass at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, you crazy. gonna shoot this motherfucker because he can play fucking Beethoven better than you? 
No, but see now, now see, as as quick as we are to rationale that, yeah. how come the fucking rap community don't see that with hip hop? As quick as we were to laugh and come to that conclusion, like, man, that's the silliest fuck. Hell no, you ain't gonna see Mick Jagger, Steve Tyler, or even in country music, you ain't gonna see Shania Twain waiting for Kelly Clarkson but, backstage and you shit. Can't be talking you know what I'm saying? And, like, you can't be talking guns and murder and moving drugs and not be fucking with the shit, because they gonna test you. And, like, so you can't, like, you can't say, like, I got a pistol and then not have a fucking pistol. But, you know, like you said earlier, whatever. you know, in rap, we know that there's, as, as it's known today, gun bars. You know what I'm saying? Where, see, you know, you're talking about doing some shit. But see, now, for, 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 now, but let me say something here, right? As you know, with the rap world, metaphors are biggest fucking friend. And so gum bars is just the hardest versions of metaphor. You know damn well when a motherfucker says in a verse, you know, I'm going to stick a gun up in your anus and blah, blah, blah. This motherfucker ain't trying to do that to you. And, and, you know, when the rap battle's over, you're not having to anticipate. That motherfucker said in that verse, he was going to shoot me in my ass. And, but, but somebody, you know, like, we know as a, as a given. I'm not trying to say that there, there are motherfuckers that yeah. may say some shit that they'll do. Yeah. But for the most part, you can pull up any rap battle right now where a motherfucker's talking about doing the most heinous shit to you. I'm talking about the type of shit that... If you really did it, you would go to prison. But, you know, I'll cut a smile across your neck, motherfucker. I'll get, you know, I'll pop my hollow fucking lead into you, da-da-da. But the battle is, like, cool for that. But, like, I'm more speaking on, like, you know, artists that are, like, in the mainstream that are, like, perpetuating, like, drug use and fucking, like, like gun violence. And they fucking not really, like, they might have been about the shit, but there's no fucking need to keep, like, just saying it over and well, over Well, I mean, or even more so to the point. If you got out of some shit that you knew was tumultuous... Tell me how you got out. Yeah, don't sensationalize the shit that you had been in and then you got your come up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what Jay-Z's kind of doing in his rhymes nowadays, yeah. you know, where he talks about, you know, uh, uh, own the block that you serving on yeah. type of shit. Yeah. You know, like, you know, he got some verse where he talks about, you know, the, the same block that your mama living on. Why don't you own that block instead yeah. of serving on that block or some shit or another? I don't know. I forget how the verse go. And I understand that, like, you know, you got to get older as an artist and these folks are getting, like, artists go off and they don't want to switch up. But it's like, you know, it, it brings it back to, like, the role model situation. Like, you know, you know, eventually, like, we got to, like, take responsibility for our actions. Like, the hate you give little infants fucks everybody. You know, fucks, yeah, fucks everyone. That's some real fucking shit. Like, they, like the movie, The Hate You Give. The Hate You Give, Thug. Bro, like. It's and, an acronym for and Thug. And then, like, bro, I, I love it, bro. Like, because, like, some they be, like, dressing like a thug. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, the the context of it and, like, the way that they use that word. It's, it's interesting to see, like, I love how Tupac took that and, like, made it so powerful. And see, y'all's generation didn't experience this and everything because it came before y'all's time. But right before Gangsta Rap really took over the airwaves back in the 90s and stuff, there was this push in the early 90s of this kind of black Afrocentricism, you know, with Public Enemy and a whole bunch of uh, bands that was, like you know, well, he was way further back. But, you know, an identity like that, like yeah. having this kind of Afrocentric identity you know, the popular, uh, there was this popular black African uh, medallion that everyone used to wear. It had Africa in it and stuff. Yeah. You can see it in some of the old, like, 90s movies, like, you know, uh, Do the Right Thing or something like that. You see guys wearing this. And all that kind of shit from back then. That was like a, I had one. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a thing to wear. But it was this consciousness thing that black people were feeling more empowered to learn about their past and yeah. stuff like that. It wasn't about thunder. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. And there was this thunder, but, like, 
Public Enemy was probably like the hardest of the of the conscious rappers, but their hardness was just like they were just more forward about their information yeah. that they were giving. It wasn't that they were more gangster artists. It was it was just like you know more straightforward. As you were just saying, yeah. like I'm not gonna cut the truth at all. I'm not gonna you know uh, curtail it. Yeah. Uh, but then like. Also, at the same time, gangster rap was burgeoning because NWA was coming about. You know, Ice T was already in existence, but you know, he was a singular figure and it wasn't a genre. You know, it was like he and a couple of you know Cool G rap and a couple others that had did that kind of rap, but it wasn't a genre. NWA, for some reason, when they came out, I guess because they were a crew and not a one. You know, they weren't solo rappers. I think that's perhaps why it ballooned more because there was more characters. At that time, would you say that like the the state of an everyday person, you know, from that type of community, you know what I'm saying, be it whatever his ethnicity was, was more like geared towards the gangster rap, that's how they felt, that's what they were seeing? Or was it more like the consciousness was there, but like the gangster rap just got more promotion and money? Okay, uh, before you answer that, how long were you trying to go? Uh, let's get ready to stop maybe after this. Yeah, cool. uh, about 90 minutes. No, we're not gonna go that, like we'll, we'll stop after this topic no. right here. We're almost at nine. Oh, 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 okay. That's, that, that's good, though. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's an hour and yeah, a half. I was, I was just trying to see how long y'all were. No, 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 we're, we'll stop it after this. This yeah. will be a good point. Okay, and then um, talk about the podcast. When is going to be coming out? Um, Let's say next Wednesday. Fuck it. Yeah, Let's just put it out next Wednesday, man. Yeah, yeah. We already got it recorded. We'll put it out next Wednesday. If we just keep consistent with it and keep doing it, and y'all keep, you know what I'm saying, showing us some love, we're going to keep doing this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, shit, I forgot. Oh, uh, we was talking about, oh, the, you were asking the question about the vibe. Yeah. Okay, so it was a little bit of both because, I mean, you know, there's there's always been gangsterdom, as it were. There's always been, you know, an edge and stuff, you know, out there on the streets and stuff. That's always been the case. Uh, but now there was a there was a form of music that was now giving that element of voice. And at the same time that that was happening, yeah, the black conscious thing was happening. Now, I've heard the argument, especially from those in the inside, I forget this guy's name that was in this group, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers, uh, this rapper, there's a video of him really talking name. about, yeah, yeah, uh, they were a really popular group back in the day, and, but this one particular rapper from that group was speaking about, like, he was one of those social conscious type rappers, and he was talking about how there was this burgeoning vibe going on with all these conscious like rappers, this group called X-Clan and all these other groups. I was speaking X-Clan, about this thing. Yeah, yeah X-Clan was one, Brand Nubian. <coughs> there was just all these various groups that were speaking on this more Afrocentricism type of stuff. You know, KRS-One's raps was turning more into yeah. the Afrocentricism type of thing. That's I cool. learned that a black man invented the traffic light because of KRS-One. Yeah, I learned a lot of shit KRS-One. But do you hear what I just said? Yeah. I didn't learn that in school. Yeah. I learned that from You Must Learn, a track from KRS-One, and this is this real quick line That's where he awesome. says, a black man invented the traffic light. You know, no, he says, Garrett A. Morgan invented the traffic light. That's the name of the guy. Uh, but uh, I learned that in a song, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how pivotal it was in terms of it making an impression on the youth. Like, you know, motherfuckers learning shit and in songs that they didn't even learn in classrooms that was real. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the, like, getting back to what I was going to say about this rapper, the poor righteous teacher rapper was saying, like, there was this, it seemingly was this plot to eliminate that energy because, again, getting back to that fear of the black youth feeling empowered hearkening back to that black panther kind of fear but now they're seeing it emerge again in this you know movement called rap music and all these young black kids finding out about themselves are able to speak upon things that they didn't learn in school otherwise but was true this was scaring a bunch of white people uh, you know according to the theory that's out there so there was this shift 
for where it's like, you know, all of a sudden there was just this more imagery of the gangster lifestyle, you know, seeing the strife. And at first it was accepted because it's like, yeah, you know, we need to hear about these stories. They got their story they need to tell and their story had been suppressed for so long. So when it started bubbling up, it's like, yeah, let these stories come out. You know what I'm saying? Because we need to hear them. Yeah. But then everybody and their mama started doing it, and, it and the record companies just flipped it. And that's like, this is what we're going to show. This is what's going to really move the people, blah, 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 blah. And for whatever reasons, it can be argued and debated all day in terms of the racial connotations. Me and being a black guy, I would lean towards the conspiracy that there was a plot to, to kind of suppress black uh, sense, uh, empowerment right? because like you know they, what I'm not saying? only did they suppress the black empowerment they fucking then put a negative connotation on exactly and so you, you want to be the stereotype now instead of the person adorning an African medallion that learns a little bit about their history that's nuts Instead, now you want to have your Raiders hat on, which was the kind of attire, you know, because the NWA though, like, had that. So, you know, everybody wants to don all the, what was considered gangster attire. And uh, now, I always speak upon this, and I'm always careful to to not try to make it pigeonhole any particular artist as uh, as a as a root or a start of it. Like, I always say that about NWA when I bring up this conversation, but I also say, like, it's not their fault yeah. that the things played out the way they did because they wasn't trying to manipulate the industry. They were just rapping. They were rapping and, and did like any artist trying to promote their shit. Facts. But because of what those that were in this inside saw what was happening and saw that... It was big business. The youth will focus on this and they won't feel so empowered to fucking learn about all this African stuff and mm. blah, blah, blah. Let them... Keep them boxed into that mind frame of drug dealing and violent behavior, gangdom and all this. Keep them there. Keep them there. Because they were making a profit off of the social conscious shit. Yeah, Public Enemy was selling records and making money and shit for record companies Moving and around, stuff. Like you know, uh, I have to say, you know, there were certain groups that really took the Afrocentricism way out there to where it's, like an, a white audience probably wouldn't have bought their records because it was just so into the black thing that yeah. they, they would have probably felt, you know, weird buying it. Because it's like, well, they're just really talking about black empowerment. And I'm a white guy or a white girl or whatever. But like Public Enemy just made great music and, and interjected, you know, knowledge about, you know, self-awareness uh, as a black person, this, that, and the other. But all people felt like they could listen and digest Public Enemy. Yeah. And so there was a profit, as it were, to be made. So it wasn't like it would be less of a profit to, to continue to deal with that. But they put all the money into the gang stuff. And due to the fact that that element hadn't been explored before or exploited yeah. in terms of making a profit and, 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 and creating propaganda around it, it's like it, it just became an, an, a hell of an influx of yeah. just gangdom. Like, like every that. other... To the point that in modern times, people feel like they have to have been affiliated with a gang, shot at like 50 Cent or something, or something hard about their life to validate their yeah. their rapper creed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No other form of music. As you want to be a rock and roll star, you don't have to have had a beat up guitar or wore ripped jeans or had your hair long or whatever the fucking stereotypes. You can be Ed, Ed Sheeran. You just decide to be it. Yeah. You can just decide to be it. Yeah, be an Ed Sheeran type motherfucker. And just decide like to be because there is no identity that you're beholden to. You know what I'm saying? Whereas with rap, you know, at least for a time, they were creating this vibe. And I'm going to tell you, it even affected me, man. Yeah. You know, because there was, you know, that, that album that I told you about. I'm like, the reason why I didn't want to put my record out there, because I only told you in part, but the complete story was 
everything that was being bought was gang shit. Yeah. I wasn't talking gang shit on my record. So I'm like, well, I mean, why put my shit out there? Looking back in retrospect, that was the wrong <coughs> perspective. Yeah. But at the time, that's how it had even me. Yeah. You know, it's because it was like, you know, the guys on the street, they would only be talking about the gang rap shit. You know, what you saw in media, gang rap shit. If you wasn't rapping about that kind of stuff or selling drugs, you felt like you didn't add nothing to the yeah. conversation. And I'm talking when it was at the root of it. Yeah. You know, now it's been around for some years, but I'm talking about when it was burgeoning, man, 97, 98, and when everybody felt like that's how I have to rap. And if you was like, like you was outside, like, like you were supposed to be outside, you weren't like, if you weren't supposed to be outside, you was inside. Right, you know right, you know what I'm saying? right, right, right. Like, and, and certain rappers even started like their historical significance in hip hop was being down because you know was being downgraded because they wasn't that like say Will Smith for example yeah, Fresh Prince is the first rapper to win a Grammy he like you know in terms of rap significance yeah. now in all other forms of genres speaking again they all accept for the most part certain things that have occurred historically in their genres yeah. but in rap music Will Smith is a joke to a lot of rappers but he holds the title as first rapper to win a Grammy. Now, we can speak about the semantics about why the Grammy chosen and blah, blah, blah. It was a safe song, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he won, he won it, okay? And in terms of significance, same thing with Run DMC. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I never thought that in my life because I was growing up in it. You know, could you imagine where you sit right now? You probably can't imagine that one day you'll have to actually explain to someone who Mac Miller was. Yeah, that's going to be crazy, yeah. Like, Think about that. Now, I live in a time where I am having conversations with the people that I was influenced by as a kid. Yeah. I have to explain to the youth about them. Herbie Hancock, ain't you know what I'm saying? saying? Well, he's even before my time, yeah, too. Yeah. But more so like Run DMC because I was a teenager and shit. And, and going to, you know, uh, it was impressionable time. But like, you know, I, I mentioned that name to my kid, you know, one of my students. What? Damn, that's crazy. Like, my Adidas? But you can mention the Beatles. Yeah. In rock music, and they go back further than, way back yeah. further than Run DMC. But you can mention that to a rock fan, and they know who the fucking Beatles are. Yeah, can name songs and shit. You talk to a country artist, they can name Willie Nelson songs. They can name Merle Hart Haggard songs. Go to a young rapper and ask them the name of Run DMC song. They can't. I'm not a fan. You know what I'm saying? And that's fucked up. That is fucked yeah. up that there is a, you know, that there is a generation that can't even go a couple of clicks back. We're not even talking about going back to the 60s. We're just talking about just going back to the 80s, yeah. which for your generation is the equivalent of my generation looking back at the 60s. And I definitely would. And motherfuckers that. don't look back. Yeah. And, 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 and create a foundation for themselves that's solid enough to where it's just like, you know, the rock star, he can stand confident in the knowledge that he is standing on the genius of all those from the past, and yeah. he recognizes that. He knows that he stands on the sh on the shoulders of the Beatles and Rolling Stones and this motherfucker and that motherfucker, and, and recognizes that in his, in his in his in his prowess and his delivery and stuff. Yeah. Young rappers they get off on the fact that it's about their generation now. But like man, you know these old heads always pointing their high power fingers at us. You know, man, fuck that old shit, man. We ain't about that shit. We about what we about now. And it's like, you know, I get that in terms of, yeah, it is about you right now. But at least you forget, man, these these classic cats. Don't don't separate yourself so much from the foundation, man. Like to where it's Grandmaster Flash, that motherfucker 
like when everybody was out like at the little block parties during the summer he sat in his room and was like cutting up his mother's filth and he learned how to DJ so that everybody could have music this man well you know he's one of the practitioners yeah, but you know crazy. see again you know uh, imagine yourself like I say in the future and shit you know and you're sitting around you know you're like 35 years old or some shit and you're sitting around a bunch of cats that are 21 and they're all like you know speaking about something about Mac Miller that they only heard as a rumor and you know because like you're growing up in this time and you knew what it was like to be influenced by him yeah and, you know you'd be like wanting to call bullshit yeah you know like hey wait hold up man i know you heard that see that's why like when you've told me certain things you've heard about tupac and i'd be like yeah, whoa man yeah. you know I, because i, I lived during that time when it's gonna happen to you dude i shit you not as you know and you're gonna probably think about me like man bp told me this shit years ago yeah. you know you're gonna be in some conversation some motherfucker gonna be saying some shit who right now is like five or six years old, but when that motherfucker's 21 is gonna sit here and try to tell you about some shit right now, and you're gonna be like, what? You know what I'm saying? How old was you in fucking 2025? You know what I'm saying? And you sit here telling me when I was fucking whatever your age is now, you know what I'm saying? You were 24. I know a little bit more than you, bro. You like, know what I'm saying? Like my like, you know, besides like Eminem and like Kid Rock, you know, that's kind of my first memories of like rap music and, and Nelly and uh Fucking R. Kelly. I love R. Kelly. Like, that song's just hard. It's hard. Well, Whatever he did, like, that shit's fucked up. Music hard. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's his artist. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. Uh, we about to start. Finish your. All right, finish uh, this point and then we'll call it. Uh, what the fuck? What was I talking about? Uh, about the influences and shit in R. Kelly. And um, he was talking about. Uh, uh, what was we talking about? Uh, <laughs> Damn. We talked about so much motherfucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, about uh, how you're, when you're 35, we'll be Oh, yeah, yeah. Like in the future, I was talking about people speaking about him, yeah. How I, like, you know, like, got really into, like, rap music was, I was on YouTube, got in a wormhole, and found out, like, the Tupac conspiracies and the Biggie conspiracies, and, like, who are these people? Oh, they make this rap music. Oh, shit, I fucking like this. But if it wasn't for that, I would have known who they were. Right, right, you know, right. Like, I probably would have eventually, like, but that, like, Initially, like that propelled you, you know? and you know, I, I heard the sentiment. And I'll, I'll, I'll close it with this, you know, because I guess it's a good place to close it. You know, I can't remember where I saw. Actually, I think it was in passing in a movie. You know, yeah. with like no deep quote, like something in the movie, but it was still a cool quote. It was like, you know, people think that they are defining their legacy, but your legacy will be defined by others when you're gone. Yeah. Your legacy, like you leave your work behind. But the things that people will say about you and what they felt about you, at the end of the day, you truly won't be able to control that legacy. Because yeah. I'm like, for example, I'm sure when Michael Jackson, you know, like, you know, he passed, you know, all his body of work is where I'm sure he would have wanted people to discuss. Yeah, but but what did people discuss? Yeah. You know, did he touch them kids? Yeah. Did he touch them kids? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's all, all the controversial work. things that may happen. All that is a part of your legacy. That's why it pays to try to get out of this world with as much as you be leaving the impression about yourself as possible as opposed to other things out here defining you. Like, for example, Bill Cosby, you know, had he passed right before all that shit came out, the name that he had was Sound. Yeah. But he was still alive and things kept playing out. Now, and then the women came out and now his name is different. So yeah. when he leaves this world, depending on the individuals and how they want to take him in, but for the most part, as far as pop culture, yeah. he is the rapist. And if they did you know it, they what did it, but like at the end of the he day, he can't define that legacy. Yeah, like you know, as much as he's trying to remind people who he is and what he's done, and others trying to remind people, that is a part of the shit now. It's like, uh, like, uh, if 
I give you a hundred dollars, you know what I'm saying, and I tell you to fuck off, does like it negate the fact that I just gave you the hundred dollars? Like it really doesn't, you know what I'm saying? No, like, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, and so like you know, we, we like you know. But we, you know, there is something to character to that. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't negate that you gave me a hundred dollars. And so yeah. like I, I think that we need to judge people by their actions in every moment, and we shouldn't hold people. We should hold people accountable, but we shouldn't like constantly judge people. Hold them accountable for their current transgression in the moment. Facts. Now, if you have a, a a transgression that harkens to something that, you know, it's like, well, you know, you made your bed lying in it. Like if you've been a extreme racist all your life yeah, kind of things, it's ahead. like, and you haven't been, you know, you haven't relented from that, you know, or anything that just, you know, you've been a murderer all your life or whatever. It's like, well, you know, you set that legacy for yourself. But There's if no... you come to me and like, like I really see that you change, I'm gonna believe you and I'm gonna rock. Well, as I said earlier, you know, I think I was speaking about like, you know, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle talking about, you know, yeah, meeting yeah. racist comedians or something like this, uh, because that 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 creates realistic dialogue in our culture, hearkening back to what we were speaking about earlier, where people feel, you know, uh, apprehension about asking a real question about something they're curious about because yeah. it may run into the realms of something that, in today's time, may be considered. You know, uncomfortable or, 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 or not proper to say in public. Yet, it may help this individual find out more about you. Like, I would want someone to ask me something about black culture, as it were, if it was a genuine cult. You know, like I, I no black person feels like they're a monolith for their culture, as it were. You know, same but, with like white people for the most. But part. you know, like you know, if someone asked me, you know, something that they considered to be a say black. Okay, like for example, I was explaining to. Uh, uh, some white lady the other day about, you know, she was curious about the term, the cookout. You know, always hearing about black people talking about inviting <laughs> yeah, you to the cookout. What's this proverbial cookout? I'm like, that's just another way of just black folks saying that you cool with our community. Come you know what I'm saying? You good with us. You know, there is no real cookout that's being plotted by the entire <laughs> black race that we're going to invite that's all crazy, these people. Bro. Not that she thought that, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, but <laughs> it's like, you know, if you don't ask, how the fuck are you gonna find out yeah. what the fuck is this cookout black folk keep yeah, talking about? Yeah, and every you know, and, and if you're cool with black people, they're gonna invite you to this cookout. Yeah. If you don't know, you just don't know. Facts. You know, like uh, uh, I, I'm trying to speak about something that is is more related to a, some other culture. Oh, a, a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Facts. You know, with the Jewish people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you haven't experienced what that is, you know, you and, and are curious about what happens at a bar mitzvah. You know, hey, that's you know, you just admit your ignorance and you yeah. you, you you know inquire. Yeah. That's how I look at something like that. Like, hey, man, you know, there's certain things that be happening with with even my own culture that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing with us. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, lift every uh, what is it? Lift every voice and sing is considered like a a a black anthem, as it were. Like, you know, black folks would sing that the way, like, we sing our national anthem. Like, lift every voice. And see, it's like an old religious song, an old spiritual stuff. Yeah. But I learned about that, like, not too long ago. Like, that's not something I grew up yeah. all my life knowing, like, oh, this this is the song that, you know, black folks think is more special to us as a people. Yeah. Like, it's some shit I learned on down the line that you just kind of hear in passing. And this is about my own people. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was hearing this a lot here and there in passing, and I'm like, Oh, so, you know, oh, we, this is our shit. Oh, okay, you know, so sometimes you even learn more about your own culture, something that's like a little bit more underground or more, you know, subtle thing that if you just don't inquire, you may be ignorant about your own shit, yeah. you know, your own culture and what's going on inside if you just don't inquire. Like, like language. Um, it just stopped. Oh, okay, word, word. That's all good. To end it off, yeah. hopefully help you bridge the gap.
Every Wednesday, you catch Bridging the Gap. Scooby yeah. the Kid, Bill Perry, doing the thing right no here day. on the podcast. Hunter Martin doing the moderating thing to keep us on point because, as you see, we will talk forever. Okay. So uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this. I know we covered a whole bunch of things, and we're out. Tell me where they can find y'all real quick. Oh. Scooby the Kid 252 everywhere. That's right. And Bill Perry, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <coughs> y'all little bitches.